Yeah, good morning again, Rusty. Uh, Grant Merring, Fargo, North Dakota. I'm a technical agronomist covering southeast North Dakota and west central Minnesota with Bayer Crop Science, and specifically the brands the Calvin Asgro. Okay, Grant. Let's talk about uh, the 2023 growing season. As you and I visit, it's very cold outside, but spring is it's, it's on the way. Spring is on the way, and uh, we're gearing up for the planting season. Um, let's talk about some of the things that you're talking about, not only with your coworkers, but also with producers out there, too. Um, fine-tuning corn and soybean placement this season. Um, what are we working on as we look back on 2022 and look ahead to 2023, Grant? One of the goals that we, we all set forth when we probably get into the next growing season is you know, learning from last year as well as trying to get a few more bushels out of, of all of our acres in the coming year. So right now is really, that, that is the topic of conversation for me. How do we get more bushels in 2023? And one of the best ways to think about it is, is all of the different management practices you can do on the farm. Um, some of them cost money, some of them do not cost money, and using them to your advantage. Now, specifically ones that I work very closely with in my role are your hybrids or your varieties that you plant. You know, for me, it's corn and soybeans, but it could be for you wheat or edible beans or sunflowers or, or the list goes on. Um, and placing those hybrids and varieties correctly, but also using the placement of those hybrids uh, correctly to manage them correctly. And I guess the best way I could put that is that Sometimes there's a hybrid or a variety in any crop that I like to term a, a plant it and forget it hybrid or variety. This just means it's so safe. You, you plant it, you know what it's going to do, you, you put it in the ground, and you literally could hardly look at it, you know, do your, ma- your base management practices, and it will be ready to harvest in great shape for you at the end of the year. Now, of course, we'd all like to have mostly those types of hybrids, but there's this other type of, of variety or, or hybrid called a, just, just a little bit higher management level. And now I'm not trying to scare anybody away with incredible management uh, um, expectations, way more money, this or that. It's just these are products, hybrids, varieties, that have the ability to go a little bit farther in yield if you just think about this or that or this or that. And now the list of how you could manage these, these hybrids and varieties is really endless in corn and soybeans, especially it's, it's there. We could spend all day talking about various ways to look at it. A couple of ways that I like to think about it is in, in, well, both corn and soybeans, you're, you're going to look at your, you're, you're sitting at your computer right now and you're looking at all your fields and you've, you've got your average yields and your soil types and how you can compare them. Um, very simply, I like to think of things such as, you know, a, a lower productivity or a marginal ground hybrid variety, a higher productivity management or a higher productivity ground uh, management variety, or a, um, you know, you might have special circumstances such as putting something after, you know, corn on corn as an example, or soybeans on soybeans on soybeans, or corn after sugar beet. You know, you're going to set out with those types of questions. And then you might be able to ask your, your seed seller or look at your past results on your farm and, and say, what is the corn product or the soybean variety that's going to fit on this type of ground the best? And, you know, you might be able to look at a seed guide and find that. 
you probably want to just have a conversation with your, your seed rep or your seed agronomist, your retail, your seedsman, and they will help you with that as well. And you kind of come to a consensus. Okay. Now let's talk about population recommendations in corn. Uh, what did we learn last year, Grant, and what are you recommending to growers as we look ahead to this new season? When it comes to populations in corn, um, the, the very basics of this is that the fastest way to a high corn yield is by having plants out there. We all know in corn that we don't rely on tillers all that much. We don't rely on second years on a cob, on a plant stock all that much. We need population. And now there's obviously places in the United States where the further west you go and maybe lower yielding environments, you, you back off populations. Um, and that's how you ensure that you'll still have good yield. But in the area I cover, we really need a good, solid, healthy population to get the best yield possible. Now, with that said, there are a number of ways that we consider how do we increase or decrease our populations in corn. Uh, one of the most simple ways we look at it is there are some hybrids that just are able to, you know, we, we, the topic of flex in a corn ear has been talked about for forever, and it continues to be somewhat of a, of a uh, not a contentious topic, but a topic that there's different rests of opinion on. But what we really just see at Bayer especially is that we do a lot of corn trials on, you know, six different populations, all the way from, you know, 14,000, 16,000 seeds per acre all the way up to like probably 42 or 48,000 seeds per acre wow. to try and find that curve of where a population has its maximum yield. And then we look at maximum yield by the cost of your seed. So you got your economic seeding rate. And it does so happen that you know, just hybrids that I, that I work with, we have hybrids that have their, their most economic seeding rate at, in that 28 to 30, 32,000 seeds per per acre. And then we have populate hybrids at 36, 38,000 seeds per acre is where they make their maximum. And probably if you're going to not even look at data on this topic, but you're going to look at your seed guide, you are going to look for hybrids that have really strong agronomics, such as good stock strength, good green snap. Um, and, and generally speaking, a little shorter plant height. Those are the ones that you can really push the populations on Put them on irrigation, push populations, and and expect to get higher yields. Whereas sometimes you'll look at agronomics of a corn that have a little weaker stocks, weaker green snap, maybe a little taller, just generally speaking, better under drought conditions. And those are the hybrids that you, you can usually back off a few thousand seeds per acre in your operation and have the best chance of success. Okay. Now, the last question I have for you, Grant uh, when it comes to, uh, you say some things cost money, some things don't, but uh, fungicides in both corn and soybeans, return on investment, um, trends that you expect for 2023, uh, what did growers experience in 2022, and how can we apply those lessons to our next growing season, Grant? A fungicide in your corn or soybean crop is one of those applications that in the north, in North Dakota and in northern Minnesota, is, a, is one that we haven't normally done you know, year in, year out uh, as a general statement. But it is one of those uh, expenses that they cost a little bit of money, but that we can see a nice ROI or a nice return on investment 
on in the right field or with the right hybrid or variety. And so now a, a couple of ways to think about this and, and is, is very quite simply, how about in soybeans, we start there. Soybeans, we do have some fungal pests that absolutely rob us of yield. Uh, I was in some fields myself last year that had pretty heavy white mold. White mold is one of those fungal pests. We know that it, once it's in our soils from our continued plantings of soybeans and um, sunflowers and, and other hosts, you just end up with white mold year in, year out. And so what do we do there? Well, we, we know that we spray a fungicide. Um, in the worst fields, we put on two fungicides at the R1 and the R3. And so what, what are we thinking about? Well, we're looking at our white mold score of our, of our variety. Is it a, is a better white mold score or a weaker white mold score? Uh, most beans can, well, they will get white mold no matter what. It's just the severity of the infection. And then we think about, well, the best way to control white mold is to get your fungicide sprayed down into the canopy, land on the nodes, because those, those nodes is where you end up with infections with flower petals that drop and, and you, get, you get white mold infections. So we want to spray our, our worst fields just before canopy closure. Canopy closure uh, would, would stop that fungicide droplet from getting down into the, into the canopy, whereas somewhat of an open canopy is going to allow us to get that fungicide down into the canopy and protect the entire canopy before it gets full and wet and dense and humid, and, and that's the perfect environment for white mold to develop. Um, so, so there's a quick thought on white mold, but on the whole, we saw some spraying last year, and we did see a yield benefit in the white mold pockets on, on people's farms, and we just know that there is enough of it out there that it needs to be um, on your radar that you are penciling in a white mold fungicide such as Delaro, Delaro Complete at Bayer, uh, but other products exist, and, and taking care of that when you, you know you have a susceptible variety and white mold in your fields, and then the environment, the rain and the moisture and the humidity. Okay. Now, uh, uh, if I might, I'll just quickly hit on corn. Sure. Uh, we, we could talk about all of these for so long, but <laughs> corn fungicides are, are a different story. Uh, corn fungicides in North Dakota haven't been used all that commonly, less common than white mold fungicides and soybeans. However, um, corn fungicides can be that way to hit a higher yield ceiling in your corn hybrid. Get higher yields, get more out of your fields. And so what we've seen at, at Bayer is that we have some hybrids that really do respond to fungicides. Um, now, you could put your fungicide on corn early, you know, in that kind of V5, V6 timing where you're just spraying your last herbicides, or you could put your fungicide on late, put it on kind of at that what we call tassel or silking time frame. Um, and it, it is definitely true that, you know, both applications are good. Um, you are going to use those applications a little differently. Um, your early application is going to grow with the plant a little bit, and you're going to have just a better more strong stock moving forward. Um, your later application is, is one way to kind of get that yield ceiling up a little higher. It's a higher rate of fungicide and you've got a lot of plant to spray it on. Um, and, and then you have, you know, a lesser amount of the growing season after a, a VT or an R1 fungicide, but you still make, make um, a, a lot of yield with that application. You know, if you have irrigated corn or you have your highest yielding field, these are going to be your targets for a, for a fungicide in corn first, and then you're kind of kind of work backwards from there. But I do think that putting a fungicide on in your corn is one of the, the best ways to kind of prove to yourself, can I push for a high, higher yield ceiling or not? 
Okay, Bear Crop Science, Decal Basgrove Technical Agronomist, Grant Maring. Uh, we appreciate your time today, Grant. Great information. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Rusty. Always good to be with you. Have a nice day. You bet. You too.